Hello and welcome to the Gift of the Gab podcast. My name is Gabby and I am your host. On today's episode, we've got one of my best friends from high school who is also studying her PhD and is very, very soon to become Dr. Jess O'Loughlin on the podcast to talk about um, the differences between our genetics and how we are assigned, whether we are a night owl or an early bird at birth and how that impacts on our mental health living in today's society. So I'm really, really excited about this one. And obviously it's a bit different having someone new on the podcast. So if you do like like it, please make sure to like, follow, and subscribe to my page, please. It means such a huge amount if you could also share it. Thanks so much, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hi, Jessie. <laughs> Welcome to the Gift of the Gab podcast. Hello. <laughs> okay, so Jess is one of my best friends from school. We went to high school together, um, and you are now doing your PhD at the University of Exeter. And we've got you on today just to talk about one of your studies that you had published about um, the relationship between um, mental health and early birds and night owls, essentially. And um, the fact that, A, we align with either being a night owl or early bird. And secondly, like how that can impact our mental health if we don't have like the structure to support that. So... Do you want to just introduce us to you a little bit? Because obviously I know you very well, but not many other people do. And then we can kind of go from there in terms of the study and what that looked like. Yeah, sure. So hi, everyone. I'm Jess. Um, I'm 26. Uh, Like Gabby said, we both went to high school together. My surname ends in an O, hers ends in a P. So we got put together in form in year seven. So um, known each other for a long time. And yeah, so I'm now doing my PhD at the University of Exeter. Um, It's a statistical genomics PhD, uh, looking at the links between metabolic traits, such as BMI and like Gabby said, sleep, and the association with uh, mental health and wellbeing, um, with the aim of kind of exploring those links uh, with the potential to inform public health campaigns based on any findings that we see. Amazing. So yeah, Jess used to sit next to me and I thoroughly owe Jess a lot of gratitude for coaching me through GCSE maths. <laughs> she sat next to me and taught me the whole GCSE. Um, and yeah, we sat next to each other in form for many years. So <laughs> that's essentially how we know each other. Um, okay, so the study we're going to talk about today, because I think the BMI want to be a really great one to get you on for like another episode um, later down yep. the line. Um, but today we're just going to really focus on um, on your study. So the sleep one. So it's using Mendelian randomization methods to understand <laughs> whether diurnal preference, yeah. preference is casually related to mental health. So can you like, tell us a bit about what that means and just a bit about the study overall so what you found yeah sure so the study essentially explores two main aims so we wanted to look at whether essentially people can be divided into two groups based on their genetics so people that prefer to get up earlier and go to bed a little bit earlier and then people who prefer to wake up a little bit later and then go to bed a bit later Um, and this can be determined obviously by a number of factors but your genetics play a really important role in this and they 
it essentially can divide us into two groups. Um, so we wanted to explore whether there was any relationship between these two groups of people with their mental health and well-being, um, because obviously your genetics are set at birth and you're kind of put into these groups. And so if there is any effect on mental health, what can we be doing to support one group or support the other group um, based on, you know, whether they prefer to get up earlier or they prefer to get up later. So yeah, that was kind of the first aim of the paper. And um, what we did was we used people's genetics. So essentially what you can do is you can take a group of people and you can scan their genome and identify any variants that come up associated with whether a person is a morning person or an evening person. And we use this in a Mendelian randomization framework. So it's essentially a way of inferring causal relationships using genetics. So for example, if we just wanted to like look really simply at sleep and mental health, you can find a correlation between sleep and mental health, but you can't infer causation. So you can't say that one's causally related to the other, because if you're just looking at sleep and mental health, there might be other factors that play an important role in that relationship, such as whether the individual smokes, whether they drink alcohol, whether they exercise, uh, their BMI, their socioeconomic status, all these things could interfere in the relationship. So whilst it might be correlated, if you were then to account for these factors, there might actually be no association there at all. Yeah, so what Mendelian randomization does is it uses genetics and it allows us to make make causal inferences so we can turn that correlation into a causation because our genes are set at birth and therefore they shouldn't be affected by these uh, factors that might normally affect our correlation so they sh our genetics shouldn't be influenced by whether we decide to smoke drink alcohol you know play sport they're set at birth and so we can really use these to our advantage to explore whether one sleep has a causal relationship on mental health. And that's what we did. And we found that morning people, so people that prefer to get up earlier and go to bed a little bit earlier, so and those people were defined using their genetics, they were protected from depression and they had better well-being, mm -hmm. um, which is really interesting because these evening people, you know, their genetics are also set at birth, but it's almost like they're at a dis disadvantage because um, they were more likely to have depression compared to the people that like to get up earlier. Do you think um, that, go to earlier. Do you think like our genetic like thing that we've been assigned, so whether it's early or later people, is that to do with like tribal culture like previously? Like, do you know like I've been listening to a lot of podcasts recently and just like um listening to like lots of learning and education and stuff and um a lot of things that we do in our nature is like from like tribal days where like we would be designed to essentially protect the pack so do you think that could align with that in terms of like there would be a type of person that would get up morning in the morning and protect the pack in the morning like of people of the tribal and then like the later people would then like take over in terms of that do you think that could be a possibility yeah definitely i mean it's it's a heritable trait so it's been passed down through generations. So any kind of changes to the genetic code could have arise 
uh, arisen from like you know previous cultures um yeah but yeah I couldn't couldn't say for sure (laughs) that that's the sole reason could definitely stem from that and also so then if like what happens if like if there's like a relationship between somebody who's a morning person and an evening person and they have a baby then potentially they could have like the child could adopt either personality trait either genetic yeah I guess so and but also the environment obviously does play a role so just because you know if if I'm a morning person and I'm getting up early um, for work but you're an evening person and you're having to get up early for work you're not gonna miss work just because you're an evening person that yeah. makes sense so you like your chronotype might kind of migrate to a more morning type got yeah routine yeah for um, sure. so like you're, yeah but but then you that's kind of leads me on quite nicely to the second aim of the paper where so we found this like really interesting association between that morning people are protected from these mental health outcomes but we were kind of really interested in why like why are morning people protected and why are evening people not and yeah. it kind of got us thinking like well society the social norm is to wake up early get to work by nine finish by five go home have your dinner bed by nine wake up the next morning do the same thing so it's more lines that you know morning person genetic um chronotypes so like the morning people and we wanted to kind of test that further so what we did is we used uh, a data like a data source called UK Biobank which is essentially a massive biobank including half a million adults from the UK mm-hmm. and around 100,000 of these adults um, wore actigraphy monitors for a week and we analyzed the data that we got from them and we were able to create this kind of measure of misalignment so whether individuals were aligned to their natural point type or they were misaligned mm-hmm. um, so an example of someone who's misaligned is uh, like I said an evening person who's having to wake up early to go to work or yeah. a morning person who's staying up late on the weekends to fit in with societal norms of staying up late and going out on the weekends yeah and what we found is that evening people are more misaligned to their natural chronotypes so yeah. even if people are you know they've got a mismatch um to what they've like been genetically assigned to and also that people who are misaligned are more likely to have depression um, yeah. anxiety and poor well-being so it, it kind of fits with that theory that actually if we just let people wake up a bit, you know, that if someone's an evening person, if we let them wake up a little bit later and say, start work at midday, one o'clock, still work a full day, perhaps that flexibility, one, would be good for their mental health and two, it might also like um, improve their output at work as well, which I thought was quite, quite interesting. It's almost like society set up in one way to benefit one group of people and this yeah. other group of people or being negatively affected just something that they also can't control Absolutely. yeah I mean you could argue that that's the case in terms of males and females as well but that's another story yeah. <laughs> yeah. um yeah. so then you so what was the um depression rate like then between um the different groups of people did you find any so yeah so 
the prevalence of depression uh, in the UK biobank is slightly higher in females compared to males. Um, and that could be obviously due to a number of things. One, women might be more likely to report depression and be more open about talking about their feelings. They might just have more have a higher rate of depression because of other societal influences. Um, but even though we saw this like discrepancy in the prevalence of depression, we still saw the same relationship with mourning person and depression in yeah. both males and females. Right. Um, so the, the relationship was the same despite the increased, increased prevalence. Yeah, definitely. Okay, yeah. so super interesting. So I think a lot of people who are probably listening to this are gonna be thinking, okay, but how do I know which one I am? Yeah, Is but if I asked you, if I asked you, or do you prefer to get off earlier or do you prefer to get up later? What would your answer be? Well, it depends because sometimes I like to get up <laughs> earlier so that I get stuff done quicker. But then on if it, we're talking like a Sunday, then yeah, I'll lie in. I'd like to get up late. Like, um, I think my most productive time is like 2 p.m. Like if I had to choose like when I trained, like when I did all my stuff, it's always going to be middle of the day. Like it's my prime time, like perfect time for me. Um, So I don't know, like w- would I be morning or would I be late? Like I should check characteristics of both. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's, you're, you're like more productive at midday, which is bang in the middle. But if, if, <laughs> if you could sleep in to a particular time, would you sleep in until 12 and then get up and start your day? Or do you prefer to like wake up early, start your day and then be finished in bed by nine o'clock, 10 o'clock? Well, that's the problem, Jesse. I, I could go to bed at nine o'clock and still get up at like 10 o'clock the next day if I really wanted to. Um, no, I think I'm definitely more morning. Like I like to get up, get it done and then finish early and then like have like the rest of my day to go and do whatever I need to do. Um, So like my like ideal work time is like, even though it's hard, like I'll drag myself out of bed at like five o'clock, get up, go, do everything and then go home. So yeah, I would say I would say I was an evening person like I can sleep until like ideally I'd wake up midday one o'clock two o'clock and then work through the night I don't know what it is I just think I'm really productive when I know nobody else is working so yeah I think that's weird yeah. when, everyone's yeah. when everything's quiet yeah. I can appreciate yeah. that yeah like I've 11 o'clock at night, I just suddenly get this big burst of energy and I can work really productively until like two, three, four in the morning. That's so it's, true. Yeah. So I think there's like extremes and there's obviously like overlap in the middle. Yeah. But I'm in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I do also know that I'm somebody who like wants to guess past a certain time. Like I cannot stay awake. Like I will be asleep. Like there's no... Yeah there's no way I could stay push like force myself to stay awake late so yeah yeah so is so obviously we've spoke about this and you know you've said that you're a night owl especially so is there any way that we can adjust to our societal norms adjust to societal norms better like needing to get up early for work um without like I think that's yeah I think that's a problem with society not necessarily a problem with the individual so like if for example, like I think 
the pandemic is an excellent like showcase of this that everybody can work flexibly you know yeah. we all had to shut down work from home and we all had to like adjust and almost we did kind of form our own routines because a lot of people you know they still had to homeschool their children as well as work and so they really had to adapt and become flexible and it wasn't that the output was any different yeah so I think it's it is more a problem with society than with a, a problem with ourselves so for example if company companies just said right the working hours are between 5 a.m 10 p.m you've got to work your full day between those hours yeah and it, then it gives you know those night owls a bit more flexibility you probably see a lot more output of those people it also gives the morning people a chance to you know get up really early if they want to it just I think that flexibility it almost makes you want to work harder doesn't it because you feel like you're a bit more understood and then you can fit everything else all the other stresses and precious that's going on in your life you can fit that almost around work rather than having that you know if, you, if you're limited to nine to five there's only so many hours in the day that you can fit other stuff in whereas if you've got a bit more flexibility you know you might be able to pop out at three o'clock and go pick your kid up from school and spend a couple of hours with them and then do work when they've gone to bed for a couple of hours that might work a lot better for some people yeah definitely or even like splitting it up in the day so like you could have like sometime in the morning then break it up go do something else and then come back and do more like a lot of people would yeah, really exactly and like yeah. sometimes you get you know like that two o'clock three o'clock hour in the afternoon when you're just looking at the clock thinking god I want the day just to finish yeah. you know that's probably a good time for most people to finish work go do a bit of exercise go walk the dog go pick the kids up from school do yeah. something else refocus and then the probably the last two hours that they were going to just spend staring at the clock they'd then be really productive yeah it I agree so business owners yeah. knew. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah okay so <laughs> there's no way that you can alter your genetic assignments is there no no that's so sad can yeah I, I quite like to be a night owl I think it looks cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, it's oh, on. sorry go on sorry I was just going to say one other point that you like mentioned earlier about if you've got a partner um, yeah. and actually we didn't look into that but there is a study that's just been published um, and that explored it was looking at sleep patterns in spouses yeah. and the sleep duration was like correlated the amount of time slept was correlated between partners um but actually chronotype was opposite so it's almost like a night owl and a morning person <laughs> were like they were more likely to be in a partnership together oh, than you know okay. two night owls and two people which I thought was quite interesting so married couples or couples that live together or sleep together um they are aligned in terms of like they sleep for the same amount of time yeah there's a positive correlation for both sleep duration and um yeah like diurnal activity um but there wasn't like an opposite correlation in their chronotypes so whether they were morning people or evening people oh, there was so opposites yeah. really do attract yeah I quite liked <laughs> that as well yeah 
yeah. I think it would be really interesting to look at that and then the effects of that on mental health for example like if the evening person is like forcing themselves to like wake up when the morning person does is that person more likely to like report mental health issues that would be so interesting yeah so yeah. true I'm sure like people listening to this who have a partner probably like if they're like the opposite to their partner they find it a nightmare like I know yeah. like I used to find it really annoying when my ex used to like stay up and play Xbox and I'd be like no I'm going to bed and like I'd take myself to bed so that I could sleep because I'd be grumpy otherwise because I had to get up super early and he'd just be playing on his PlayStation and I'd be like Ugh! and it'd really get on my nerves so definitely I bet mental health <laughs> I bet I bet he was thinking the same when you got up, up really early the next morning yeah like, exactly, oh, she's waking up early. exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so you mentioned um, that um, you tracked people's activity. So people wore like activity detectors, I guess. Um, and then yeah. that was, then you obviously included that in your study. So I just wondered how much detail that went into, if there was any specific types of training that um, you monitored or was it just activity in general? So they had to wear this monitor for 24 hours for a week. So they wore it for week so obviously once you give someone an activity monitor they can take it off or, or you know yeah not wear it and there were like there were some cases of that and there was a really talented data scientist in our team that did all of the analysis on the actigraphy stuff but essentially it um it tracked all of their activities, their sleep, any physical activity, all of that. And then using the data collected, we were able to almost define phases. So like sleep phases, and you could determine the time of day that they would sleep, activity phases, periods of rest. Um, and then using that and a questionnaire of whether an indi individual thought they were morning or evening type people could then create that uh, measure of misalignment oh, okay so you didn't necessarily yeah. know what activity they were doing like specifically no but I didn't but the data has been used to kind of look at at physical activity because oh, okay. a lot of a lot of the physical activity questionnaires are really poor because if you ask someone how like how much physical activity they do you know the, the questionnaires out there are really poor because it's like less than 30 minutes, 30 minutes to an hour, more than an hour. You know, it's quite vague. And okay. someone, might, someone might go, oh yeah, I walk the dog for an hour a yeah. week or half an hour a day. So that's seven hours of activity. But whereas your activity, seven hours of activity is very different to just walking the yeah, dog. Yeah, so true. It would be so interesting to look at that in more detail and see whether like uh, different types of activity would determine like their sleeping patterns yeah yeah did you look at anything like um caffeine in terms of like intake of caffeine and coffee and tea no so this is kind of one limitation with the data that we're using is that we're kind of limited to what has already been asked so we've got the UK Biobank which is an amazing resource but you've only got what's already been asked or what's already been recorded but because we have the genetics and we have this 
causal inference Mendelian randomization, which is yeah. like a really big advance in the field. Because, because of that method, you almost don't need to worry about these other factors. You don't need to worry about caffeine consumption. You don't need to worry about how much physical activity they do because the, when you're looking, if you're just looking at sleep and mental health, you can kind of just ignore them because of the genetics, if that makes sense. Well, yeah, so it's like, uh, it, these are like add-ons, but the genetics are kind of like who you are, right? Yeah, but, but if you wanted to, yeah, if you're looking at the genetics of, whether you're a morning or an evening person, but say if you were really interested in caffeine consumption and sleep, obviously, or caffeine consumption and mental health, obviously then you could um, perhaps use any variants that are associated with caffeine consumption, which there probably aren't, um, or you could just look observationally at caffeine consumption to mental health, but then you're, you've got, got that when that risk of being affected by other things like is your caffeine consumption actually related to your economic status and then your yeah. economic status linked to your sleep so actually is there a direct link between caffeine and sleep or does it go via other pathways if that makes sense I think yeah. it's like multifactorial so there's there's so many things that can affect your sleep um, and they probably do all contribute and work together but yeah. for this study, we were able to use the genetics and kind of bypass those factors almost. Yeah. That sure. makes sense. Yeah, it yeah. does. Um, okay, so um, a lot of people work shifts nowadays. And I know that you also looked into like retired people. Um, so was there like a relationship between those? Did their sleeping change because they were shift workers or anything like that? Yeah, so... For the retired people, we looked at, um, so what we expected to see is that people who are retired are more aligned to their chronotype because they don't have these societal pressures. So they can almost wake up when they want, go to sleep when they want. Um, yeah. And so we looked at, so that was kind of the hypothesis that we started with it, which is why we looked into retired people. Yeah. But we saw that actually misalignment still went with poorer mental health in those that were retired as well. Um, so there was no kind of differences between people who are retired and people who weren't retired. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was the retired people. Mm -hmm. um, for shift, we looked into shift workers. Um, however, there weren't, because of the numbers of individuals in the study, the, and there's such small numbers of people reporting to be shift workers it was kind of difficult to like really draw a valid conclusion from from the shift workers yeah. um and yeah but we we did so you, you would expect that shift workers would be more misaligned um, and yeah. but we did still see in non-shift workers that being a morning person was still protective of depression so we did it was all trending in a similar kind of direction so so um yeah I, I do think there's some really interesting like continuation of the work to be done in shift workers though yeah for sure. they, they almost have to go against their chronotype don't they because yeah. they don't have any other option yeah Unless you're like a shift worker that like alternate shifts, 
And then like 50% of the time they'll be happy and then 50% of the time they'll be like, this is shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. But I think people just learn to get on with it as well, don't they? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. I definitely think that someone would prefer to do the night shift and someone would prefer, prefer, prefer to do the morning shift. So like, it would be a case of like, maybe they should be more aligned to that. But then at the same time, yeah. they're probably going to be sad if they can't continue with the like if you had to always pick night shifts like that wouldn't necessarily always be the best thing because like you miss no. out on everyone else so that could also impact your mental health even if you are a nighttime person yeah and you'd miss out on like daylight hours yeah. uh, like social contact like you know all things that also then do contribute to your like mental health and well-being as well absolutely um, Okay, my final question then is, if we've got like all of these different um things like and people in place, is there anything that you'd recommend like for somebody who like thinks like, right, I'm a night owl, I've got to get up in the morning for work. Is there anything that the individual can do specifically, like any like supplements or anything that you could like think of like to, because a lot of people be thinking like, okay, but I might be an out a night person, but I've still got to go to my job at nine a.m. Yeah, like what do I do <laughs> yeah I guess one yeah it, it's so difficult isn't it because as an individual it's almost like you can't change you can't change policy as one individual can you can't go into work and be like I just listened to a podcast I'm a night owl so let me work at 2 p.m <laughs> you know it's it's not going to work like that is it so I think it's more like there needs to be more focus on the policy makers yeah rather than the individual so it is it is quite difficult I guess advice for yeah it's just it's a difficult one isn't it because well what, what do, do you, you do then do? what do you do as, a, as an individual who's who's self-professed a night owl and you've got to get up for work early in the morning what do you do yeah so I'm quite lucky because I have flexible working hours. Yes. <laughs> so there's the one yeah. who's coming to this podcast from Thailand. Traveling yeah. the world, yeah. working from yeah. home. <laughs> yeah. So you, obviously previously that. that's been the case, right? So like when you were at uni, when you were like probably conducting a study, you had certain hours where you had to do certain things. And like you obviously have fought against that. So knowing that you're a night owl, what would you do if you had to get up early in the morning? Uh I think the knowing that it can affect your mental health and well-being is like support your mental health in other ways, right? So like make sure you're taking the time to um like self-care, you know, do things that you love doing, spend time with your friends, spend time, you know, all those things that also can support your mental health and well-being. You know, yeah. it's not not because we're not saying like if you're an evening person and you're waking up early, you're definitely depressed. You know, it's like you're more likely to be depressed. You're more likely to get depression, but that could also stem from other factors as well. So if you're supporting Absolutely. yourself in other ways, then Absolutely. hopefully it so essentially, which is the case of those people needed to make sure that like, okay, you're a night owl and you know that you're misaligned and therefore you've got to do everything in your power to protect yourself. So that's a case of exercising, looking after yourself, abstaining from alcohol or trying your best to steer away from it because that's only going to make it even harder, eating the correct food. Yeah. yeah, just just trying to make yourself happy and feel supported in other ways, you know, 
and and if you do have the opportunity um or you have a good relationship with like who you're working for perhaps say you know these these working hours would suit me and work better for me you know is there is there any opportunity to do that a lot I think a lot of places they do they are quite keen to allow their employees to work flexibly now anyway because it does at the end of the day it does benefit them they get more out of it you get more out of it um but yeah I I guess yeah that that's the key takeaway isn't it just make sure that you're supporting yourself and you're looking after yourself yeah. at the end of the day in other ways and make sure that you're feeling happy but just acknowledge that um yeah and and it's yeah like I said it's more the policy makers that need to acknowledge right there's not much that you can I can do but absolutely okay well thank you so much for coming on and speaking to me today Jesse. I really appreciate it and yeah. it's always interesting to get a new guest on the podcast yeah that's good thank you thank you so much thank you so much for listening to today's podcast I really appreciate it if you did like it then please do make sure you like follow share subscribe and um give me a little message and let me know how you found it thank you again and I'll speak to you soon bye